Uh, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2. And we continue talking about coming together. Everyone say, coming together. That's the theme to get us started. And when you begin to study the Word of God, uh, you realize that God's heart desire is for His church family to do what? Come on, say it. Come together. In fact, if you read the New Testament, especially uh, Paul's epistles, you, and you just start underlining all the references to together and us and we and them, then you're just going to scribble up your Bible all over the place because it's everywhere. Uh, and so we're talking about coming together, finding our place and where we fit in the family of God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, <coughs> verse 20 through verse 22, kind of our launching pad. Paul the Apostle said, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. And he goes on to say, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together, when say fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built, somebody say together. Come on, touch somebody on the shoulder and say, we're built together. Amen. He said, built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. May it bring forth much fruit in our life today as we endeavor to follow you in 2013. And everybody said, amen. I love this part of that passage from the living Bible, verse 19b. Let's read this together, everyone out loud. I love this. It just kind of says it the way I really want it to be said. So everyone together, you are members of God's very own family and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Read it again. You are... With every other Christian. That's really true. With that in mind, I began this year with a, with a novel but very biblical idea that I want you to embrace. And here it is. Uh, you're extremely important to God and his family. And conversely, God and his family should be extremely important to you. Do you believe that? I got like five people said, amen. We may be here all day. In fact, let's read this together. And here we go again. You're extremely important to God and his family. And God and his family should be extremely important to you. Do you think you could say that without looking at the screen? Okay, look at somebody in the eyeball and tell them this. Tell them. You're extremely important to God and his family, and God and his family should be extremely important to you. Amen. Hallelujah. It's really, 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 really true. Together's always better. When it comes to the church of God, together is always better. You know, I'm going to throw this out. I'm going to go all the way to the end, and I'll say it again. Let me just tell you this. The church of the Lord Jesus can survive without you. But could I suggest to you that you can't survive without her? You might, you might exist, but you will not thrive and survive and be successful in life because, hey, when you get the heart of God, together's always better. God looked down at, at Adam and he said, oh, you know, this is awesome, but it's not good for him to be alone. Touch somebody and say, together's always better. Together's always better. Uh, Hey, together we can do great things. 
together we can keep drilling water wells in Mexico. In fact, let me report to you today that right now, as we sit here in the comfort of, of our church family, uh, Tom Schaefer is busy, uh, maybe not right now, but you understand, uh, we're retooling all of our equipment, our trailer, all our tools. We're getting rebuilt. Mo- we're getting our motors rebuilt. We're getting our pumps redone. We're retooling. We're preparing. Even though the devil says you can't drill waters in me- water wells in Mexico because of all the bad dudes, I say, nah, 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 nah. we're going to keep doing it for the glory of God. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Together we can do that. Amen. And so uh, together is always better. Uh, we can keep growing spiritually. In fact, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 says this. It says uh, that when we come together and find our place, it causes growth in the body. The church begins to grow when we come together. Together is always better. Together we can weather. Everyone say together we can weather. Together we can weather the storms of life. In fact, what did Hebrews say? Hebrews said, he said, uh, uh, forsake not the assembling together. Somebody say together. As the manner of some is so much more as you see that day approaching. In other words, when the, when the, when the going gets tough, we come together and the tough get going. Amen. And so you and I can embrace that truth and begin to realize that, that God wants us to come together. And so that's what we've been talking about. And I promised you last Sunday that I'm going to kind of get down into the meat of things. How many of you know sometimes people just need to get, get down in your business a little bit? Uh, Mastia said this one. Where's Mastia? She said, I don't want to get up all in your Kool-Aid, preacher, but i got to ask you a question. And I went, I never heard that, but I'm going to quote you on that. I don't mean to get all up in your Kool-Aid, but I, we may a little bit today because I want to talk to you about the devil's devices that he uses to disconnect you from the family of God. Because I promise you something, he is not happy that you're here today. That would, I would have, I said, I promise you something. He's not happy that you're here today. He wants to disconnect you. In fact, the Bible says this, Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, he's talking about uh, relationships and, and being forgiving with one another. And he said this, he said, uh, we, lest Satan should take advantage of us. In other words, we've got to be forgivers and, and be right with one another and right with God, lest Satan should take advantage of us. In other words, he likes to take advantage of issues between you and me or issues between you and the person next to you. And if he can get an issue going, if he can get something going and he can disconnect you, uh, and then Paul said this, he said, lest Satan should take advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. One of the big deals with people is they don't realize how the devil goes about trying to steal, kill, and destroy and disconnect and divide and keep us from being connected with one another. Here's another important thought. If connection and commitment to the local church is vital for our survival and success, guess what? It becomes glaringly apparent that the devil's primary plan would be to disconnect uh, and divide and ultimately destroy our relational connection with our church family. It's just his plan. It's his strategy. It's his mindset. And so we need to understand that he wants to disconnect, divide, and destroy our relationship with one another. Amen. Look at your neighbor saying, ain't happening in this house. Ain't happening in this house. So how many of you don't want to be ignorant brethren? 
Got some of you didn't raise your hand. I'm going to give you another shot. Maybe you weren't listening. How many of you don't want to be ignorant brethren? That should be. Did she raise her hand? She's taking notes. She didn't want to miss. How many of you don't want to be ignorant brethren? Lift it up, Beverly. Lift your hand. There you go. Lord, I don't want to be married to an ignorant brethren or an ignorant sister. (laughs) Amen. Now, before I get into these devices, I'm going to give you four. There's probably a whole bunch, but I want to just reaffirm some things to you about the value of our kingdom connection together and just kind of rehearse some things in a little different format uh, and talk about our connection together and how God's brought us together. Uh, let's do that. Number one, understand this about our connection. Our connection, number one, is biological. First Corinthians 12. We're, fa- we're, we're the body of Christ. Amen. You, the, the hand can't say to the foot, I have no need of you. You remember that. And Paul, the apostle, is one of his biggest illustrations to explain the church as a body and how important each part is. In fact, he said this, the parts that we would think are less significant are more important than we ever realize. And so uh, it's biological. In other words, uh, it's just the way it is. Amen. We can't help it. We're part of the family and we've got to learn to cooperate if we're going to get anything done in life. The foot can't just say, no, I quit. I got offended. We can't because our connection's biological. We can amputate, but that's not cool. In fact, in the scripture, there's very few places where you you amputate if someone, for example, continues to be an offense in the church and create dissent. And there is biblical precedence for amputation, but everybody goes, that's pretty drastic. Our connection is biological. Number two, our connection in the family of God, in the body of Christ, it's relational. In fact, one of the Hebrew, pardon me, one of the Greek words in Ephesians, uh, 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 Ephesians 2 that we read just a few moments ago, it says we're members of the household of God. Everyone say household. That's a family term. Really could read we're members of the family of God. You see, as a Christian, we are biologically born into the family and we are relationally connected. Uh, We're biologically born into the body of Christ and we're relationally connected. We become members of a big family called the church. Amen. So our connection is biological. Our connection is relational. And number three, our connection is spiritual. For the Bible teaches us in a number of places But that 1 Corinthians 12 passage where Paul begins to talk about us being a part of the body of Christ, he says this, by one spirit, one spirit, were we all baptized into one body. In other words, our relationship together is based upon a spiritual connection to God through the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Ephesians 2, 18 and verse 22 talk about the spirit of God being at work in our life and how our connection is spiritual. In fact, I love Ephesians. It says what we need to do together. I can't quote the verse, but it says we need to sing psalms and hymns of praise to God together. And because, hey, our relationship, it, hey, and we're going to talk about this in a second. It's not just about doing the will of God. It just words. We'll work till Jesus comes, we'll work. That's good, we'll talk about that. But it's about a spiritual relationship with God. We're built together for a habitation of God in the Spirit. Everybody say, Shazam. That's powerful. But then number four, 
Certainly not less important. Our connection is missional. This is a new word in, in English language. In fact, if you type it in uh, your Google, in your search, you know, in your do- it won't come up as a word. It'll say it's misspelled. But but the church has defined this as a word. It is a word. Everybody say it is a word. It really is. I didn't make it up. It, in fact, there's books called Becoming a Missional Minded. So it is a new word, but it means that, that it defines the focus of our life. And how many of you know the focus of the church is not about sitting around singing songs and dancing and going hallelujah and praying for one another that we have a great day. It's about reaching this world for Christ. And our connection is missional. In fact, what did Jesus say the last words before he left planet earth? He said, hey, guess what? Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Thank you. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. In fact, Paul told the Philippian church in Philippians 1.27, he said, you need to strive together for the faith of the gospel. So... What a connection we have together. Amen. You know, Connor and I were talking about missions work together. You know, Connor and Shelley, he used to be our youth pastor. They used to be our youth pastors years ago. And now we're just lifelong friends and our kids are friends and our, our grandkids are friends. And oh man, we're just friends. But uh, we have a connection missions wise too. And we just talk about missions and that's, that ought to be the heartbeat of our life. And so what a great connection we have together. All the more reason for the devil to divide and conquer. How many of you understand that? If he can divide and conquer, if he can disconnect us from our family and disconnect us from a real relationship in the local church and he, he's got us and, 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 and the body becomes a schism. In fact, 1 Corinthians 12 said that there should be no schism in the body. He can break fellowship. Hey, watch this right here in relationship. Watch this. I have no clue how it's going to happen, but I got a feeling. How many of you in your pretty immediate sphere of family influence with your biological family, there are some in your family who there's broken relationship with? Wow. If the devil goes to work that way in your relationship with your families, how many of you know the church is not exempt? So if he can break us up and, 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 and disconnect us and get our spiritual uh, uh, connection all miss, you know, and disconnected, the mission never gets accomplished. And that is more for heaven, less for hell. How many of you think it ought to be about more for heaven, less for hell? It's not about me, myself, and that's about more for heaven, less for hell. So I'm going to give you this morning the devil's, or let me call it Diablo's Big Four. Let me give you what I think are, are the devil's four big disconnect traps that we can easily fall in. In fact, Pastor Sam did an unofficial poll with some of his pastoral friends by way of text and email. And I said, give me what you think are the devil's four biggest uh, tactics to disconnect people from the family of God. And it, they were amazingly similar. And the first one was the same with all of them. All right. The first thing out of all the, I, I, it wasn't a massive poll. I have to say it was just my close friends, but we're all on the same. And here, the, the first one, they all hit and here it is busyness. 
The devil doesn't show up in people's house and go, I came, I come as an angel of darkness to disconnect you from your loving church family. How many of you know that would not work well? Well, some of you scare the bejeebies out of you, but, but he doesn't do that. In fact, he has been, the Bible says he's a very cunning, crafty character. And he has developed a scenario in our culture today of serious busyness. That if we're not careful, will disconnect us from the family of God. Now, it wasn't always the case. How many of you grew up when I did, when the church was kind of the core of the community? Man, what a great day that was. You know, man, you go to church, hey, you, and that would wear you out on church, but you didn't care because of the core community. You got there at, at 8.30 for Sunday school. Then you went to, to big church. And then after church, they had some kind of visitation going on. And then by 4.30, there's choir practice. And by 6, it's training union. And man, by 9 o'clock at night, you were going, whoo, these people are serious about church around here. But we didn't gripe and complain because it was the core of our community and family. In fact, Conan and Shelley can testify at our little church in Quitman. When we all, God brought us together, we became a big family. And it was all about uh, uh, one another. And we weren't all tied up. But hey, there, there was no such thing as a cell phone. Facebook was not around. And all the, the things that, that come along, it just wasn't there. And so the, core, the church was the core of our community. And it's not that way. And the devil has, has strategically developed ways to get us so busy that we, that we don't have time uh, for what is really the real, uh, uh, the real connection and relationship we need. In fact, the first century church coined the word member. The church did to define the unique depth of relationship we have with one another in the church family. And since that time, the devil has watered down the word member. Now we're a member of this, we're a member of that, we're a member of all these organizations. Our kids are members of about 10 different athletic teams that keep them so rattled and dazed they don't even know what John 3.16 says. Hello, I told you you better hang on this morning. There's nothing wrong with other things. Listen, God gives us all good things to enjoy, but if we allow the devil to get us so busy that we disconnect from him and his church, we are in serious trouble. And that's one of his biggies. It's one of Diablo's, Diablo's, Diablo's big four to get us so busy that we disconnect. I think of Martha and Mary, if you remember the story of Martha and Mary. When Jesus, they were good friends with Jesus. Uh, and was it Mary? Yeah, Martha was busy. She's busy, busy. And she got upset with Mary because Mary just wanted to sit at the feet of Jesus and hear the word of God and connect. And Jesus saw Martha and said, Martha, you're too busy. Look at Mary. She's, she's made the right choice. How many of you know busyness is a choice? Oh, preacher, you don't know, man. You just you follow me around. Listen, I guarantee you, if I said I was taking you to Tokyo's 
tomorrow afternoon and get the Tokyo special right in the middle of Daniel fast, you'd say, well, see if I can adjust my schedule. Am I right about that? Look at your neighbor, slap him on the shoulder and say, he's right about that. I can tell you, he's right about that. It's all about priority. It boils down to a shifting of priority. And let me just tell you, let me throw it out. Most of our choices are selfish rather than selfless. Y'all were still laughing a second there. Let me try that. Most of our choice, it comes down to priority and choices, but we need to understand most of our choices are selfish rather than selfless. And Paul the Apostle in Philippians chapter 1, he said, listen, don't just think about yourself. You got to get the mind of Christ, Philippians 1 and 2. You can't just think about yourself. You got to realize you're not here. It's not about you. It's about others. It's about make, realizing that as a part of the family of God, I have a responsibility to do my part and fit where God has me and to supply what God has for me to supply so the church can remain healthy and holy and move forward into the mission that God has for her. Amen. So it's busyness. If we're too busy to serve others, in my professional ministerial opinion, we're just too busy. If we're too busy to serve our church family and serve others, in my professional opinion, we're just too busy. Because listen, the church is not about, it's, it's, it's not a cruise ship for the saints. It's not a car. You know, a lot of people look at church like this, like Pastor Ron said, like, a, like the church, they, they rent the whole carnival and lock the doors and the church come in and rides all the rides. Or getting on the cruise ship going, woo we had church this morning and the whole world's going to hell. It's not, a, it's not a cruise ship for the saints. It's a fishing vessel for sinners. Amen. So busyness is the, one of the devil's big four. And I would challenge you to in 2013, to adjust your world, to reprioritize your world. Consider this, Wednesday night. What a novel idea. Man, I'm telling you, Wednesday night, our small groups, whoo, wow. Off the chart. Everybody was in a small group on Wednesday night, lift your hand and say, whoo. Oh, man, it was good. So, hey, consider this. I'm going to go to church on Sunday morning, four Sundays in a row. I am going to freak the devil completely out. And Pastor Sam, too. <laughs> Amen. Busyness. Everyone say busyness. Let me expose number two. If he didn't get us with busyness, he'll just get us with blindness. Now, let me show you this in two passages. Turn back to Ephesians. If you're not, if, if you're in Ephesians, just turn to Ephesians chapter four. Uh, let me show you this. This is really interesting. Ephesians four. If you're when you're there, say, "I'm there, Pastor." Ephesians four, verse sixteen. This is one of the key verses we've read for years because uh, he's talking about Jesus being the head of the church, the head of the body. From whom the whole body, that's us, joined and knit, what? Together by which every, my wife didn't like this word, watch every part, I'll put part, every joint uh, supplies. Because her olden days. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'll never make it to San Antonio today. I can hear it. 
from whom the whole body joined and knit together by which every part supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. There's the context. And look what he says. Let me just read this. That This I say, therefore, okay, when you see a therefore, you look back to see what the therefore is there for, because we're joined together, and the fact that we're joined together causes the church to grow. Therefore, uh, uh, and I testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Let me tell you what the devil does. He will blind you to the benefit and the value of the local church in your life. And Paul the Apostle said, because we're joined and knit together, and because that, <coughs> pardon me, that relationship and that connection that we have, that missional connection, that spiritual connection, that relational connection, and, and that biological connection, because of that, re, that connection that we have with one another, don't go back and start walking like you did before you gave your life to Christ. Because you will be blinded to the reality of the connection that we have. And he says this, they, they're being past feeling. Having, in other words, they've lost their spiritual sensitivity. Whew. Having been past feeling, having given themselves over to lewdness, to workness of uncleanness, with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. Whew. And the devil blinds us through temptation or whatever. Now, remember Jesus' letters in Revelation 2 and 3 to the early church. Look over in Revelation 3. Man, this gets under my skin. It gives me, who? Jesus, help us. Jesus writing to the churches. And the last one he writes to is Laodicea called the lukewarm church. If you're there in Luke and in, in Revelation 3:14, say amen. And he said, and the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things says the amen, the faithful and the true, the beginning of the creation of God. That's in other words, God's talking. And he says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish that you were neither cold nor hot. Uh, so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, now follow this, because you say, in other words, you're lukewarm, you have caused me to have an upset stomach to the point of, of vomiting, help, somebody say, help us Jesus. Because you say, this is what the church was saying, I am rich and I have become, look, look at this, I, here's the big key, I, I am rich having have become wealthy and have need of nothing. Ooh, I've heard that before. And do you not know, God says, that you are really wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked? He said, he, see, he said, you're blind. You're miserable and wretched. You're poor, blind, and naked. He said, I counsel you to buy from me in other words, it's time to make an investment spiritually. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. He's not talking about tangible riches. He's talking about spiritual riches. 
I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. In other words, you're spiritually blind. He goes on to say this. He said, uh, he said, oh, anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. I'm standing at the door knocking. In other words, there's been a disconnection here. Because of the blindness of your heart. Somebody say, help us, Jesus. Now, number one, they were blind to their true need. They really were. They had all the physical things they needed. And they said, we don't need anything. God, we don't need you. Why do we need God? We have everything we need. They were blind to their true need. And they were blind to the true nature, nature of their real condition. They thought everything's A-OK. You know, K-Sarah, Sarah. Not so. God says you're lukewarm. You have become spiritually disgusting to God. He said, number two, you're wretched and miserable. Whether you realize it or not. That's the true condition of your heart. You're poor, meaning spiritually bankrupt. You're blind, unable to see the true nature of what God wants you to see. Unable to see the true nature of things. You're naked, you're uncovered and vulnerable to the devil's devices. Wow. I think about the prodigal son. Remember the story? Daddy had it all. And he got the itchy pants and said, I want my inheritance. I want to live it my way because it's all about me. It's all about me. And he went off and he spent it all. And he wound up in the pigsty, lost it all. And then he had a revelation of his real need. Let me tell you, God is able, he's well able to strip away anything that keeps us. Did you know blessings can blind you? Look at your neighbor and say, if we're not careful, come on, say it out loud. If we're not careful, blessings can blind us. And the prodigal son, he got so blinded by his blessings that when that God said, okay, I, I, I can take care of that. Oh I'm, too, oh, I'm too busy because I'm too blessed, pastor. I can't, come, I can't do this. I got so many things going. I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. Well, God can take care of that. I prayed for you to be blessed and God blessed you. So I guess I may need to pray for you that God will take it away. So you get yourself back in church. I warned you up front, but you didn't believe me. But I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about. He'll blind you. He'll get you so busy and he'll blind you. And slowly over the course of time, the value of the local church will become less and less in your mind. 
That's why Hebrews said so much more as you see the day approaching. In other words, hey, it's got to go the other way. Every day we get closer to the return of Jesus. We need him more. We need the church more, not less. Amen. Diablo's big four, busyness, blindness. Number three, bitterness and offense. Oh, I've met some of those folks. I've met them. Have you ever met some of these folks? They're disconnected from everybody. They got a burr under their saddle about something. And they are bitter and angry and offended and disconnected. Could I tell you, from God and his church. Remember what Jesus said when he taught us how to pray. Forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And oh, by the way, if you don't forgive your brother, I can't forgive you. The only, only part of the prayer, he went back and said, hey, you better get this offended, offense issue. You better get this unforgiveness thing. It, it will disconnect you from me and God. Now, he'll love you and you go to heaven, but you'll get there all bitter and brokenhearted and have to stand before God and give an account for why you carried this bitter poison in your system that disconnected you and me from one another. Bitterness. And how many of you know, it doesn't start usually with a big, bad, evil offense. You ever get a splinter in your finger or in your toe? And you can say, ooh, I'm not sure I can dig that out. Maybe it'll just work its way out. But it just gets worse and worse and worse. And your body just gets worse and worse. See, if we don't deal with the issue, we'll get bitter. Now, let me show you a couple of passages of Scripture. We've got a little time here. Ephesians. We're in Ephesians. Well, we were in Revelation. Let's go back to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, he, keep, he keeps on in this understanding of the, the value of being connected with one another uh, and, and walking in right relationship with one another. I read to you verse 16, but then, and then I read to you verse 17 about don't walk as the, as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. And then he begins to say, because you have not so learned Christ. And then he begins to talk about things you and I need to do and live how we need to live our life. You know, put off concerning the former conduct, the old man, verse 22, uh, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, verse 23, verse 24, and put on the new man, which was created according to God and true righteousness and holiness. And now he starts talking about relationship issues again. He says, you know, don't lie to one another. Let each one speak truth to one another. Everybody say one another. And look at verse 25. I got to hit this one. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. Catch this, for we are members of one another. And then he goes on, don't steal, don't, don't, at verse 27, don't give place to the devil, don't let your anger, uh, uh, be angry and don't sin, let, don't let the sun go down on your anger, don't talk bad, verse 29, but talk good, verse 30, do not, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit, listen, you don't want to grieve him, you don't, as Robert Morris says, stiff arm the Holy Spirit in your life because of your relational issues. You see, when you get cross-haired with one another, 
Or we get cross-haired with one another, we're grieving the Holy Spirit and we get cross-haired with Him. Hello. Whisper to your neighbor and say, are you catching this? Did you catch that? And then he said, verse 31, and let all bitterness, wrath and anger. Is he talking to me? Is he talking to the church? We just worship the Lord with our whole heart. Let all wrath. That sounds like devil talk. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Bitterness will disconnect you from the family of God. Are you with me? Hebrews 12, you can read that as well. Hebrews 12, 15 talks about the fact that uh, it says, don't let any root of bitterness spring up in you, which causes trouble. Everybody say causes trouble. Could I just say to you that if you let bitterness get in you with somebody, that bitterness, in fact, the, the Greek word talks, it's poisonous. That you become infected and contagious. And you come home and you infect your kids. You infect your family. You infect the, the world around you. Let me, just t- let me throw this out. Divorced people, they flock together like birds. And most of them are bitter. Am I right about that? And they sit around and vomit on each other. Well, you all hear what I hear about my. That ain't nothing. I'll tell you about my. No, aren't y'all fun to be around? Am I right? That's why they're support groups. But just, hey. Just make sure your support group, there's not a bitter person leading the support group. Oh, Jesus, help me. It's not an enabling group. It's a support group. We're going to help get that. Y'all think the preacher wants to cuss this morning, don't you? Get that poison out of your system. Look at your neighbor and say, we've got to get that poison out of our system. Come on now. I'm serious. It'll disconnect you from God and his church. Busyness. Everybody say busyness. Everybody say blindness. Everybody say bitterness. Bitterness. Did you know that if you live a bitter life, it's going to affect everybody around you. But if you live a blessed life, it's going to affect everybody around you. Finally, number four of Diablo's big four, it's burdens. We have burdens in life. Anybody ever had to carry a heavy burden? In fact, Galatians 6 talks about two types of burdens. 
He says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of God. But then he said, let everybody bear his own burden. In other words, there's some burdens that you have to carry. But there's some things that this world puts on us where we need one another to help us carry. Did you know I've seen this? It's a real, it, it, it amazes me, but I've seen this. People in the church get burdened by something that they cannot carry on their own. And for some strange reason, rather than stepping in closer to the body, they step away. Maybe out of shame, maybe out of fear, I don't know. But the devil uses the burdens of life that we need help carrying to many times disconnect us from God and we step away and people say, well, man, where is brother so-and-so? I knew he's going through something. The devil got them off in a corner in a pity party. Now, this is, let me just tell you, this sounds silly. I'm going I'm to describe it. It sounds silly. Something happens, trauma, burden. I got a big burden. Carrying the burden <coughs> and began to withdraw. The church is over there going, where are they? What's going on? And the burden down one is over here disconnecting themselves from their family going, nobody cares. Nobody loves me. I'm over here burdened, stepping away every time. And they don't care. I see it all the time. I don't get it. I said, I don't get that. Because if I get something I can't carry, I'm calling in reinforcements. Because my Bible tells me in 1 Corinthians 12 that the body says when one member suffers, we're all going to suffer together with it. When one member is blessed, we're all going to be blessed and rejoice with them. It's about the family of God. And look what Jesus said in 11, uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. He said, come unto me all you who lay. He didn't say leave me and go hide in the corner and have a pity party. He said, if you got a burden, you just come unto me all you who labor and heavy laden. And I'll tell you what I'll do. And I'm going to throw in my part through the hands of, of my church family. Because how many of you know we are his hands extended you come unto me all you labor and heavy laden and I'll give you rest you take my yoke upon you you learn of me for my my yoke is easy and my burden is light you gotta get in and get connected if you won't help with your burden amen thank you because I know I'm right about that now there's a lot of other things the devil has up his sleeve to disconnect you from your family Busyness, blindness, bitterness, burdens. They're probably not all B words either. They just preach a little better. But how many of you know, we cannot be ignorant of the devil's devices. And today, because I went long last Sunday and I felt bad about it, I'm going to quit a little early today. I got an amen. In fact, Daniel, you keep amening me. We'll, I'll just ixnay what I just said there. It'll, it's like throwing a dog to a bone. I got an amen. Can I get another amen? Listen. Listen. 
we can't be ignorant of this. We need together is always better. No matter what the devil says. Are you with me? Let's stand up together. Hallelujah. Lord, today, we don't want to be ignorant of the fact that right now as we stand here in the comfort of this wonderful family, the devil's devising ways to disconnect us. In fact, let me say this. Here's what I believe. I believe God, by His Spirit, is drawing people into this church family. I really do. In fact, did you notice I put out a few, put out a few more chairs because we just believe God is drawing more people into this church family. You may be one. You may be a family. In fact, we've had a number of folks. In fact, last Sunday, uh, we had some folks just connect with the vision of God in our church. God's drawing people. You may be one. But let me tell you something today. The devil's hard at work to keep you from connecting with any church family. And let me tell you this. This is the way you know your home. You will know the way you know your home. This is Pastor Sam's East Texas methodology. On the inside of every believer, there's what I call a divine okie-dokie. Everybody give me your okay sign. And when you step into the place where God wants you and you hear the voice within the voice, you hear God speaking to you through frail humanity like me, something on the inside of you says, I feel good about that. Listen, wherever you get God's divine okie-dokie, His peace in your heart, you better at that moment step further in and not move further back because you will grieve the plan of God for your life and that you will have fallen prey to a disconnect of the will and plan of God for your life. Let's bow together today.